I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. We're back for episode 81 of Digital Divination. Jason, Jason, how are you this week? I'm doing pretty good, John. How are you? Oh, it's uh, it's a pretty nutso week for me mm. last week, and especially this week. I have a whole bunch of medical stuff and work mm. stuff and game stuff coming yeah, up. Yeah. But once I get through this week, mm. then I think it's smooth sailing for oh, me yeah. for a bit. And so I'm... I'm looking forward to it. Good, um, good. You know, we talked about we talked about Starfinder comics before mm-hmm. uh, in our last episode, and yeah. uh, you'll never guess who I'm going to be interviewing here down the road. Is it going to be Sutter? It's going to be Sutter. Nice. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be a little bit further down the road. It's going to be like uh, June-ish, I think, uh, when it comes out, because he wants to. He wants to do it in part of his release. He's got a novel coming out yes. and the comics yeah. are coming out. So uh, but if there's any burning questions you have or any of our listeners have about the upcoming uh, Paizo comics, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be able to ask him. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Just tell him I said hi. Well, I'll do that as well. Sure. sure. Yeah, I, I will do that. It's, it's funny because I've been wanting to interview him and mm. Uh, I've been told he was a, a tough person to get to do interviews, but because he's got so much coming out now, mm, yeah, he's he's interested in doing it. And so he had posted on Twitter, and actually Ryan from the network had said, "Hey, uh, Sutter's kind of posted this thing." And so I reached out to him on Twitter, and boom, we set it up. So I'm pretty excited. Great, terrific. Yeah. All right. Uh, so what's anything new with you? I just this week. Uh, yeah. So getting to this week at the end of this week, I'm uh, taking a little trip uh, back home to New Jersey to see my folks mm-hmm. and and kind of just hang out for a weekend. I'm I'm just going to surreptitiously use that weekend to write some freelance uh, when everyone nice. goes to bed at like 930 and I'm still awake <laughs> for another three hours. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward. I'm kind of nice. looking forward to it a little bit, but also I'm I, I'm terrified to get on a plane. Uh, oh, I, I, partially because like my flight, I took I, my, my flight out there is a overnight flight. It's a red eye for sure, and I'm like, oh, oh this yeah, is those are kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Basically, um, get here, uh, get on the plane at right. 11 p.m. Right, here in right, Seattle, right. and it's like going to be right. 6 a.m. in New Jersey when I land, and so I'm like, yeah. I'm going to have to sleep the rest of that afternoon off. <laughs> I know I have a hard time sleeping on the red eye. Like that's the yeah. idea. Is like you conk out, you wake up, and you're ready to go, and it's like. No, I'm awake the whole time. No, there's too much and light and noise. Whole... Yeah, or excitement too for me. Like yeah. Usually going somewhere you're excited about. So, well, good. Well, you know, I'll miss you. And I'm glad you're not missing any episodes. So no. that's good. I'll only be gone for a couple days. Worried. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Uh, so, you know, last time we talked about comics finally. And we did say we were going to talk about the, the P- Paizo's announcement about uh, partnering with BKOM Studios? Yes. For doing think, video games. Yeah. Yeah. That's good yeah. because Al, Alcat is sort of, uh, you know, kind of done. Not done. I would say they're done with Pathfinder or Paizo, but like they're they're on to moving to a, 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 a 40K game. 
Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. I was wondering why Paizo wasn't continuing to work with them. No, the uh, like a, like I don't know what it was like. Maybe six, eight months ago, Alcat like started yeah. releasing some images that looked very spacey, and everyone got very excited yeah. that it was yeah, a Starfinder yeah. video game. And it's not. It is a Rogue Trader Warhammer Forty K game. So hmm. it should be hmm. cool. I don't know. Right, right. Well, they have this new partner, and they've said that they're going to be doing two video games mm -hmm. coming out. And it looks like they've done quite a bit of, uh, I don't know, what, what type of design do you call these? These aren't 3D games, really, are they? The um, ones well, they're doing? Uh, the, be, I think it's pronounced uh, Become, or Become. I keep saying okay. become, become first, but I think it's Become. Um, right. I know they do all sorts of different things. Some of them are... 3d some of them look more yeah 2d some of them are kind of you know like mobile games right right looks uh, like a lot of just the design looks a lot of the artwork looks like a lot of mobile-ish stuff oh sure yeah 2D the, mobile yeah yeah um but you know they apparently did this uh tomb of annihilation uh mm -hmm. adaptation uh which is a D, D board game so um mm -hmm. it's that's got kind of like turn-based combat kind of fighting right, right. Um, and they've also worked somehow. I don't exactly know how they worked on Age of Empires four. It's kind of weird to me that that that's on their list. Is that maybe it was a port that they worked on or something like that? But um, hey, you know, I think I think I saw someone on Twitter, but like, oh yeah, a, a Starfinder yeah. RTS would be pretty cool. I'm like, oh yeah, that would be pretty cool. Well, right now I think it says they're two Pathfinder titles. Yes, though, yeah, it's it it's is. only so Pathfinder think... for now. <laughs> but I would imagine if they they nailed that down and would move on. I actually think if they're doing a, you know, second edition rules, mm -hmm. just doing two games, it seems like you would want to do more once you build out that engine sure. and, and put in the rule set and, yeah. and everything. So yeah. uh, maybe they would end up doing them like for every adventure path. Who knows? You know? Yeah. That's uh, kind a of lot. I mean, it, it doesn't need to be a direct uh, port of something that already exists too. It could be something new. Yeah. Right. The, or if it is indeed like a, uh, isometric, -y, you know, CRPG right. kind of game, uh, yeah, right. you might as well take the adventure pass. That seems to be a tried and, and, and true way to do things. Uh, as the story's mm -hmm. already there, you know, you just need to flesh it out with, with, with stuff that, uh, may not be, you know, would be present more in a sort of table game where you might, you know, be able to go on tangents and whatnot and just kind of like add some, side quests like i think they did with wrath of the righteous and and, and right. kingmaker uh but um but if it's something else like there are other there was oh my god i'm just now remembering there was this kind of card it didn't go very far i think it stopped pretty quick it was like a mobile mobile mm -hmm. card game that was for pathfinder and it was mm -hmm. vaguely like hearthstone mm -hmm. i think but mm -hmm. i cannot remember the mm -hmm. name of it well, that would make. I mean, with some of the the design work they have, if they did something Hearthstoney, that that would kind of make sense for what they're doing already. Um, yeah, no, and if they were to adapt, uh, you know, maybe if they're doing an adventure card game adaptation, maybe that's a little bit more straightforward than maybe, than trying yeah. to do the actual second edition rule set. I don't think they say anything about what specifically they're doing no they've it's been real quiet about what it is yeah but it, one of them's coming out this year at some point right right so um, it's been being worked on for a while yeah yeah definitely yeah. at least yeah 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 and then the other next year i the the development cycles on these things i would imagine is probably at least two to three years uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, generally. Yeah. yeah, I imagine my in my head these are going to be two different games. They're not going to yeah. be like they're not going to be like a one AP and then a second AP. I think there's going to be one right. game that's coming out real soon. That's going to be a kind of who knows like a tower defense game even or a match three kind right. of game right uh that's on mobile and then well i think they said it, the 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 game even coming out this year is going to be out on steam oh i didn't i did not see that part uh, maybe i that maybe would be I, that would um, be good now that wouldn't directly prohibit it from being on mobile but it'd be more likely yeah oh well, it says uh, yeah one with, launching on steam later this year but like yeah. but if you know uh, launching on steam says to me that that is less of a mobile only game so right. it doesn't have to be right. as constrained pc as an, console like an, yeah. yeah as an angry birds or a, or or a, right. you know a, can, a candy crush or something like that but but mm-hmm. um a game like slay the spire or monster train which is a card based mm-hmm. sort of dungeon game a uh, right. roguelike sort of situation well, i could see mm-hmm. that i could see that going over pretty well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be a whole new thing it would be like completely based not based on any current uh, and I guess you could do a a Tomb of Annihilation, not Tomb of Annihilation, sorry, Abomination Vaults um, roguelike, where you're going into the dungeon, mm-hmm. into the levels of the dungeon, and you're, you're taking your party and and doing stuff. But it, but in terms of like mechanic wise, it's not gonna that might not be, that's not gonna be based on anything that exists. Right, 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 right. So yeah, so, I it, go ahead. No, no, I, I'm just talking. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I, you know, looking at their designs, it, it's not, it doesn't look like they do something like with the Unreal Engine with 3D, right, you know, yeah. modeling and stuff. So it's not like that's the type of game we're going to get. I think it's more somewhere kind of in between. And it, you know, one of the things that I really enjoyed back in the day was uh, BioWare's Neverwinter Nights. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever mm-hmm. played that mm-hmm. campaign. Yeah. It was based kind of uh, 3.0 and 3.5. Mm-hmm. And you used all the, all the basic rule set that was just basically programmed into the game and you could build characters just like you could in D and D. And then uh, they had 3d rendering where you would interact with the monsters and uh, again, D and D monsters and stuff were all steaded out. I would like something where if they created a game engine, right? A second edition game engine where all that stuff was available. Then if you wanted to, you could, play an AP, right? So they had a way to bring that in the back end, all the stats, right? And uh, the nice thing about Neverwinter Nights, basically all the stats just came in on a, on a, on a uh, MySQL server. Hmm. Just There were just numbers and it brought them in and then the, the engine rendered everything and built it out. But if you had something like that, then you could do homebrews, you could do your own campaign, you could do it, you know, an AP that came in, you could do society play, you could do anything. Right. Because it was all the engine is basically all built. And as you updated the the rule set, you could have updates to that as well, uh, similar to what uh, Neverwinter Nights had. Um, you know, and that's that that's kind of like the isomorphic kind of uh, mm-hmm. game. Right. You know, it's, it's a third party view and mm-hmm. a third person view and everything. I think I think that would be a lot of fun uh, oh, for yeah. myself. And, you know, I, I had uh, I played on a hosted world, hosted realm hosted a realm and we you know had hundreds of players on this sometimes thousands of players across it and it and it was great building up characters and and doing things like that and then knowing you know already knowing all the feats and skills and spells because of what you already played in D &D, you know so yeah i mean that that that's like one step removed from a virtual tabletop though right right exactly Um, exactly vaguely reminiscent of what 
D and D, you know, Wizards is doing with their upcoming virtual tabletop, what they say they're doing with it, where it's going to be all right. Uh, you know, build it. You're, you know, you can create anything you want, and here we'll give you all the terrain and and the monsters look like little minis and stuff like that. Um, right. But like, yeah, seven seven having a robust creation engine like Neverwinter Nights had would would it would blow up for sure. Because although you know, to be honest, I don't know like how much like do. I, I'm not as plugged in to how much people do that anymore. Yeah. Like I know there was like a, one, yeah, like a Halo know. engine that you could make your own Halo levels, right. and people were doing that. But like, is that is it? Things seem to either be like single player or weird uh, live service game situation, right? Where it's just you just play it like Destiny. You just play it infinitely until you're bored with right. it. Um, yeah, something the modding I, isn't the same. I don't know how that yeah. big how big that is. Yeah, no, it I seems think it's to me like it would point. be. It would be big. Mm-hmm. I mean, people would like do basically what you said, which make um, uh, scenarios, right? Pa- uh, society scenarios and just be like, bam, play this and here's all the scripting mm-hmm. and whatever. That stuff is not easy. I think I remember trying it back in the day with Neverwinter, just be like, oh yeah, I would love to I'll make an yeah. adventure. And it's like, oh no, this is too hard for me. I don't know what the f- heck I'm doing. Yeah, you needed some programming skills. And and, and yeah. so I was fortunate. I, I had a programmer that was doing most of that. And we had a design team that said what we wanted to do. And we had a couple of programmers that would basically put it in place, you know? So you wanted a, you know, whatever room. So the places that, that you would go, the creatures you would go, the loot you would have uh, and things like that. But even, you know, if you just played just the core game and had the basic rule set where you're not, you're not doing a lot of homebrewing, you could bring in anything that was published in mm-hmm. at that time and available in in the game and you could just bring it in and populate you know pretty basic stuff so mm-hmm. i think you could do it you wouldn't have to be a total modder to do it you could just do it as a somebody who interfaces with the game which is what i think most people most people would be at but it would still allow for some growth um i you know i i almost wonder if this is trying to be like uh an answer to D beyond's you know, virtual tabletop that Wizards is, is you know, building out. I don't know. I feel like it would be announced as such. Like, this is, be, these are being announced as video games, right? And a virtual yeah, tabletop yeah. is not a video game. Um, and yeah. You need someone to run both, you know, be at both ends of the, of the, spec, uh, of the GM screen, so to speak, right? Whereas a video game has an right. AI, not an AI, but <laughs> not, not the AI yeah. that we know of that we talk about today, yeah. but basically there is, yeah. you know, uh, uh, Gosh, what do they call that? I think they just call it AI in video games too. Just sort of the, oh, that's a game, the game engine. Yeah, yeah the that, game engine running everything. things yeah. and 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 deciding what the mor- you know yeah. morales of the monsters are or whatever and and and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I'm well, it's excited. fun to guess. I don't sure. know. Sure, <laughs> it is fun to guess. If you had, yeah. uh, you know, uh, your druthers, uh, and and you were in charge of say like a Starfinder video game. What mm-hmm. what kind of game would you want it to be? Oh well, that's that's interesting because I mm-hmm. I'd want multiple layers on. I I definitely mm-hmm. want, you know, I want starship combat like okay. you would get in Star Wars instead, mm-hmm. right? You know, all you have a ton of Star Wars games out there. I I mm-hmm. want some of that. Um, I want some individual combat, mm-hmm. you know, and interaction and stuff. Um, I don't think I would necessarily want it. You know, as I mentioned, um, I don't want it just to mimic the rule set and have you be able to import your characters. I don't want to, for a video game, I don't really want something that is just an extension of 
a, a virtual tabletop. I actually want a yeah. full blown video game yeah, where yeah. you could do things and just have the the setting and the you know basic you know the iconics and the worlds and you know use all that lore in the game, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. have a full blown video game out of it. You know, a, a right. AAA title. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? Um, I would look at something like Mass Effect, uh, okay. which has good shooting. And or I guess you can have powers. You can run up and punch people too. But like then, like walking around and doing quests, right? And and having the conversations, right? Add all that in, and then do what you said, which is basically add on a layer of uh, Star Wars squadrons or you know those old X wing right. uh, Tie Fighter games. And, and th- those those are the three. Those would be the three pillars of, of the game. Mm-hmm. So it would be a, it would be a big sweeping, you know, epic role playing game adventure, right? Yeah. talking like 40 50 hours to go through a right? side quest thrown in there and whatnot yeah. Yeah. uh probably starting you'd start at epsom station or maybe you what you would do is oh you do it like a little bit like the first mass effect was you kind of start on one thing and have a little tutorial level where you do some shooting and right. people and whatever right, right, right. and then you arrive at epsom station like you arrive at the citadel of mass effect right and then you that opens up and says here's all the people you can go over here and talk to these people and get these side quests and whatever and then kind of allow it to be um uh, uh, I mean, you know, I'm what I'm explaining might be what um, Starfield is going to be like, to be perfectly honest. Uh, okay. which is a game that f- was meant to come out last year, but now it's going to come out at the end of this fall. It, it looks like it's in its Bethesda, so it looks like it's Fallout ish, right? Skyrim right, right. In, in space, right? Um, flying mm-hmm. around, you couldn't go anywhere and do anything, right? Like Ma- Mass Effect was a little because it was you know a while back, had a little more like more linearity and where you go and what you do and be like, Oh, right. we go to this Not an open world. Yeah. Not as much open world, but like an open yeah. giant. Oh my God. That'd be so messy. Uh, like an open galaxy and you get some side quests, go over here and do this. Maybe there's like a radiant dynamic way like that generates side quests like they, they did for Skyrim, even though those are, those right. are pretty basic. Um, it took me, <laughs> you know, it, it took me, a, it took me a, like a day or two to realize that, those Skyrim quests were being generated for me. I was like, I'm going to do all this guy's quest. And he's like, well, here's another one. I'm like, go kill this giant lair. Okay. Keep and coming. The guy, yeah. There's so many quests this guy has. And then I was like, wait a yeah. minute, these are being just generated, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, dang yeah. it. Let me get back on the main story. But like, yeah, and then have a big main story. That is one of the big bads, you know, maybe swarm, maybe corpse fleet, maybe, you know, and not necessarily mm-hmm. a direct translation of dead sons or, uh, attack of the swarm or something like that. But, maybe there's elements we we take those take a lot right. of those ap's and we filter them through the video game lens because you pick you make a main you make a main character and you then you you uh, gather up a small crew and maybe it's like oh i take right. two people with me right. when i go on this mission and that would be real fun to have such like, a whole cast of uh, uh uh wacky characters um would you i mean like you know the the Alcat games don't use too many of the iconics. I mean, like Amiri right. can be in your party, I think, in 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 one of one mm-hmm, or both mm-hmm. of them or something like that. But would you use the iconics at all? Well, so I like what you're talking about, and I mm-hmm. would uh, to answer your question, I would have kind of multiple layers. So I really like MMORPGs, mm-hmm. okay. and so one of the things I would have is the ability to play by yourself with a bunch of NPCs and you can have the iconics available or those roles could be filled in by other player characters. Mm, So I think that would be, that would be fun to have a team. I did a lot of guild wars, uh, Mm. a lot of PVP and gameplay. And I love working with a team and and pretty much any, any team based game, you could do something similar. Right. So I would love to have something like that. I would also like kind of, um, I don't know if this would be an upper end thing or a side thing. I'd like to have some world building or fleet building 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I one of the games I, I liked way back in the day was Command and Conquer, mm-hmm. where you kind of build up forces, build up things, and then attack at a at a grander scale. Yeah. You know, so here we're talking about a lot of individual stuff, and I think that's great. Um, but I also like, you know, in terms of uh, video games and stuff, EVE Online, where you have massive, oh, yeah. massive fleets attacking. Yeah. And so you could have it you against the AI or, man, if you could get enough people playing, you have, you know, here's here's your giant fleet here from the pack world going against this giant fleet from the Swarm or the Viscarium yeah. or whatever. Now, that would be a grand endgame kind of thing. An EVE online-style MMO it would be <laughs> bonkers. It, it was so much to, to, uh, no. to upkeep. In a way, we, we're, we're, yes. we're you know, completely blue yeah. sky here. I would, I, would, I would almost, though, think of it being as a, like a separate game. Like if you do want to do a home world, for instance, would, would yeah. maybe something like that would translate where it's just sort of massive fleet battles and you're building up your fleet in space. Right. Um, or Or even like... What would be fun would be something for XE, uh, like uh, Stellaris, kind of like that, um, in space okay, where right, you right, are. Right. Um, so you do you do it's like you know, like Civ, but you know Alpha Centauri, right? Where you just oh, you pick right. a thing, you pick a planet, and you're building it off there, and you, you right, 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 right. The, you're sort of the macro of it all. You're not a single person. You're just kind of like the government of this planet or right. whatever, and then you branch out and you can conquer other worlds or settle other worlds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, there's and, there's and a lot again, of ways those to go. are. Yeah, those are kind of the bigger scale things. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, as when we used to play D&D and we get to the really high levels, we started thinking and homebrewing, you know, okay, now we get a keep. Now we get a castle. Yeah. Now we take over lands because individual monsters and, you know, it was, we were thinking kind of a grander long-term thing. Sure, and yeah. so for me, again, talking with a video game, there's all these different layers that would be fun. You know, and you could do, it could be first person shooter. It could be, you know, MMORPG. It could be these big world building things. It could be a straight, you know, uh, remake of uh, the the Paizo games. I mean, there's a lot of different things that would be fun. And I don't really know. I don't know that Paizo could pull off a big AAA title like that, first of all. I mean, it wouldn't be up to Paizo. It would be up to whoever they're partnered with. If, for instance... Obsidian came down the line and was like, yeah. "Hey, uh, 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 you know, I, I, I put them in AAA, even though I, but they're probably like AA. Yeah. So yeah, if someone like Obsidian were to come in, because it wouldn't be up to Paizo, it'd be up to you right. know whoever they license with. If someone like Obsidian came in, uh, I, I would, I would trust them to you know take the lore given to them and and all the the bits. Oh to, right, to make right, right. Good. I, I don't mean that the capability of making the game. It's more." Um, so the the issue with a triple A and, and maybe a double A as well, but a triple A title especially is just the amount of marketing you got to put behind mm. it. And I just don't know that that's part of Paizo's strategic plan to spend that much time and effort to market a, a video game title versus their own their own stuff. If they could yeah. and they were successful, that might pull up their you know their main offerings, but you know, you're talking tens of millions of dollars in, in marketing, if not more, for a AAA title and to make it successful. And I just yeah. I don't see them wanting to do that. That that's my was more my point. I don't think it's just in that's the fair. in the thing that they yeah, would do. Yeah, although again, that's also kind of also up to the li- licensee, licensor in a way, right? It'd be like, 
whoever's publishing this thing, because Pilot's not going to be publishing the video game. It's going to yeah. be whoever, right? Uh, Microsoft or Zenimax or whatever, and uh, uh, they're going to be they're going to be the ones doing a lot of the marketing too. But like, yeah, but Paizo needs to put in the because the brand too. isn't isn't strong enough already. Yeah. You wouldn't want to invest more building that brand just for the video game. What you want is, quite frankly, you want a brand that stands on its own enough to have its own movie and has yeah. a long track. This is why D and D can is is actually yes. in better shape and and other games as well, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but I I think that the niche that they're going to get is is going to be appealing to uh, their own players, quite frankly, mm-hmm. and then yeah. attract in new players into the game, which is probably yeah. what they're trying to do. Well, I mean that's. The, probably the very reason that we have not seen a super triple A Pathfinder or Charfinder video game because the the brand is not strong enough to attract the the big triple right. A double, you know uh, yeah. even double A people uh, uh, designers and developers and and, and just because that takes a lot of money to make a video game if, right. especially a big yeah. forty hour epic sweeping epic whatever mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. now with uh, you were there when uh, Alcat was coming out with their games uh, yeah yeah I remember. That when that was all interesting, oh, we're going to do that, and it's this, you know, again, Alcat. I think they did a great job, although, to, you know, to be perfectly uh, frank, I, I I never played them all the way through because yeah. I get distracted. It's just a little bit like, oh, I've played a lot of Baldur's Gate, and I played a lot of Planescape, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I played Planescape, and I played all these games before when I had more time to play those types right. of games, and now I just sort of I started them and I go, oh, this is pretty cool, I like it, but also like uh, I kind of want to just play Pathfinder now <laughs> for with people right, 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 and not right, just right. play it. Um, but uh, you know, I totally support the, the games, and if you, I, I think they're great. Uh, but well, they were sort of this, no, we didn't know who they were. There's some Alcat, some, some basically, they, you know, Russian game studio that we didn't know. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask is, um, was there much coordinated effort behind them releasing that and what you did and developed or marketed, uh, for, on the Pathfinder I mean, side? I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think the Kingmaker coming out pushed the eventual, kickstarter to push it into second edition i don't know i think right. that was all probably related because well also just kingmaker is the one the more popular ap so why not right. try to put it out again right um that mm-hmm. might just be it was made in a video game because it was a popular ap and it was you know rebooted the second edition because it was a popular so it AP. helped I think they were they both kind of yeah. helped each other yeah yeah, yeah kind of there was no real connection between the two i mean you know but also i was working on starfinder right at the time so i would really have a whole lot and i know that like there were people at paizo who were like got to write some dialogue trees or you know that kind of stuff uh, just to, mm-hmm. to or read over the quest whatever and, and and see how it worked um so i got a little more hands-on i think i think from what i remember correctly this was a, around about the same time that um speaking of obsidian they were doing the adventure card game app mm. right mm-hmm. and they i think it was all like oh they're gonna maybe do a pathfinder full pathfinder video game and i was already excited and i think they ended up being the ones who like connected paizo to alcat i think they were oh somehow like okay. that so yeah, yeah. um like, oh, we know these we know these these guys you know and they do good work you should they should do you know have fun to read a game so i think that's how that worked um but don't quote me on that uh i somebody else could quote you i definitely won't quote Fair you enough. please so. don't please don't <laughs> want out there quote me on that i'm kind of guessing i just remember that sort of all kind of mixing up like that uh, obsidian and alcat kind of happening kind of simultaneously yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just kind of curious. I've been, uh, I've talked to a couple people who have tried to um, come up with their own, both Starfinder and Pathfinder uh, yeah. video games. And one of them had talked about specifically getting the rule set 
and basically putting into a game. Uh, they're looking into Paizo licensing. Paizo licensing is actually quite affordable for folks, anybody that's cool. interested in, in doing that. But I don't think either of them really had the programming chops to do that. And mm-hmm. so that means getting a team and, yeah. and uh, it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and I, as I mentioned before, just getting the marketing to get the word out. So I, I don't think either of those are going to materialize in, they could have been pipe dreams to start with. I, I don't know, you know, how, yeah, I, how, how far along they went. Early in the Starfinder life cycle, I actually had someone come up to me at a PaizoCon and talk to me a little bit about like, oh, I want to make this game that's set on <laughs> Elytrio. Do you remember, you know, because uh, they're talking to me about uh, yeah. yesterday's truth and yesterday's, uh, well, yeah. well, it was just yesterday's yeah. truth was the only one out. And like, yeah. I want to make this game that's set on Elytrio and you play Jabrani and it's like a survival game. And I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, you know, send me an email at some point. And I'll, yeah, but uh, if you're out there, uh, I hope you're still at it and good luck. Because <laughs> okay. it sounded pretty cool to me. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, we'll have to talk offline because maybe it's the same person. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember their name, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. So uh, I'm sorry out there, but uh, uh, <laughs> nah. it was a cool idea we talked about for a little bit at the time. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, so this is an interesting uh, move for them. I, I, the, the other thing I was thinking is, is the timing of this announcement and mm. what's coming out in relation to the orc. Right. Right, because the orc, yes. they had their, their first draft yes. of uh, the the new open uh, role-playing game license from Paizo that they're mm-hmm. sponsoring is has been out. And I would suspect that any video games that they're making will not be under the OGL. No. And would instead be under Oric, which means they would be second edition rule set, obviously. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Which also is one of the reasons why they're probably just Pathfinder and not Starfinder at this point. Right. Because that's a little yeah. bit more difficult reach, I think. It, it, I mean, it, it's all mixed up. It's like the brand is a little bit weaker than the Pathfinder brand in, a lot of, in some ways, right? It's not as widespread. People just sort of grok the fantasy aesthetic a lot more than the sort of general sci-fi aesthetic that Starfinder is. It's kind of every sci-fi aesthetic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I I mean, it's it's the flagship brand, Pathfinder of of Paizo. So it makes sense that it's the first to get the video games. And again, (laughs) first twice in a row. But um, yeah, there's, I mean, like, again, it's depending on what the video game is. It might not need anything like an OGL or an orc. It's just got the Pathfinder brand on it. Like you can put out, um, Pathfinder comics without having to do an OGL attached to it. Um, and I do know that like old 3.5 based video games, a couple of them, which sort of this was talked about when the whole thing was happening, well, had the OGL in them. Like, right. What didn't need, I don't think they needed to. I don't think it was, even though they were using the same mechanics, I really think the Knights of the Old Republic, for instance, didn't need to have the OGL attached to it in any way, but it did. Um, so I could see them doing the sort of the same thing here where this is a translation of the, of the mechanics. They might want to do that. Well, right. they might not. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's necessary to be honest. Either way. Well, I was just thinking that just with the timing, that perhaps yeah, th- this was delayed until they made sure that they were going to be on track to have that, and it, so it could be. But you're right. Maybe it's it's depending on how the the video game is designed. It might not even matter. Yeah, it might not matter. But I, I think partially too, it's like better to come out of nowhere and say, "Hey, there's going to be a game out this fall," than announce a game three years down the line and then have to delay yes. it another year and the delay yes. another year and nothing ever happens with it. So this is a fun, and it keeps the excitement high when you say, yeah. oh, ooh, this is coming out. Oh, we don't know what it is yet. And I suspect we'll probably know. 
I mean, that Gamma trade show is in like two weeks or something like that. We might know more at the end of that. We might get a glimpse of this at PaizoCon on Memorial Day weekend. Not a glimpse of it exactly, but just at least a title or an idea of what it is, right? If it's mm. coming out well, later this year, it's pretty, pretty big, but. Yeah, if I were trying to make a big splash, Gen Con's it. I, you know, I, I would true. Like, yeah. maybe try to, but but it's a video game too, though. So maybe you yeah. want to, you know, you're looking at the broader video game audience rather than the role playing guy audience. So that would, that could change things quite a bit. I, I mean, if it comes out at yeah. Gen Con, that's a, that would be, that would still be a big deal because that's, right. it would, you know, like you said, it would get connection. There were always video games at Gen Con and mm-hmm. it was always a smaller portion and often they were just, they were D&D video games to be perfectly honest but yeah. um i think there was some i mean you know i get Paizo 2 had at, at, at points that alcat and obsidian there sort of promoting the adventure card game app and the and the uh, kingmaker game stuff like that but um if it is sort of like we let we find out what it is at PaizoCon and we get it at gen con wow amazing right that yeah. would be i think be big yeah or if you know if they're keeping it seattle base it could be pax prime that's a big um release that's a time big, as well that's also a big video game convention yeah, more than that's what i'm saying Gen it's Con. a big video yeah. game and it's in the, you know in the neighborhood so when is that usually like september labor day september? labor day weekend oh okay yeah that's yeah right. i used to i used to go every labor day when i was uh leading the charge on a bunch of video games uh, that's where i yeah. would go uh so nice. pax prime and and until they introduced all the other packs that one was just oh man it was impossible to get weekend tickets and Wow. You know, just the number of people at the Seattle Convention Center was just crazy. Right. It wasn't at the size of the San Diego Comic-Con, but right. for an East Coast con, um, I mean, I think the last time I went there was 80,000 plus. It was pretty, pretty big. Um, Wait, pretty good you size. said East Coast. I, I'm sorry, West Coast. West Coast. West Coast. Okay. West Coast, right. so. Yeah. So San Diego There is a PAX East. Yeah. Yeah. There is a PAX East. There's a PAX um, UK. There's a PAX. Right. You know, uh, Australia and all that. There's a PAX South, I think now. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if they call this PAX West or PAX Prime. I, I just consider it PAX Prime because it's the. I mean, it was the first know, one. Yeah. yeah, it was the first one. So, and uh, and it's exciting. And, and there's just very little. Um, I mean, Paizo has a little bit of a uh, organized play presence there. and Yeah. But but not much else. Yeah. I think I, I think I went to one sort of like my first or second year here in Seattle uh, just got a ticket because they needed volunteers and I volunteered to like go there and help out. And then I went to go help out and they were like, we don't need your help. Go enjoy the con. I'm like, oh, all right, okay, fair enough. I mean, oh, I got a free wow. ticket. So how long ago was that? Not? God, it was seven, eight years ago. No, not eight years ago. Seven, six years ago, six, seven years okay. ago. Okay. Because I might've been there running tables when, when you were there. You might've been John, you might've been. <laughs> so, so that's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, uh, anyway, we don't know anything no. about this. We don't know anything, so it's fun out. to speculate. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's that's all this is. And if we're right on anything, then uh, that'll be great. But yeah, uh, so I've been uh, sort of in preparation for this, John. I thought a little bit about games that you can play right now that have oh, yeah. kind of a Starfinder vibe to them, or at least what I think is a Starfinder vibe to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to go back. I'm going to go and I'm going to bring up Obsidian again uh, for the first right. one. Uh, and because the Outer World is mm. a fun sort of, is again, uh, Obsidian made Fallout New Vegas, right? So they are familiar with that sort of uh, thing. Right. So it is very 
kind of like Fallout-y in, in, in terms of uh, game mechanics, uh, mm-hmm. at least the newer Fallout ones at any rate. Uh, it's first person. You have a, you know, you, you get into fights outside of town. You go into town, have conversations and go on quests and, and, and solve mysteries and stuff like that. But the vibe I feel is Starfinder-y in, all, in some ways because it's got this kind of capitalism is bad vibe to it. And all, you know, it's sort of like all these... Not that I think Starfinder has that running through it, but like in my brain, that's how it's kind of, and it does have goofy things like energy-based weapons that do different types of energy, you know, fire and cold. And then it does things like shrink people's heads and, or turn them into goo or something like that. <laughs> um, so some fun stuff there and there's uh, yeah. some fun creatures, but mostly it's sort of a lot of like uh, bad space pirates and, and, and that sort of thing. But it's like, it has this like, at one point it has this mascot there's this company called Spacer's Choice, and it's got this moon-headed mascot that I feel like that's sort of very much uh, a, a kind of fun. Uh, it has this kind of like vaguely '40s '50s vibe to some of the okay. advertisements, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, yeah, but it's the future, so uh, that's right. a good one. Uh, I had fun with that. Um, the a a game that is um, probably less about sort of adventures, but is kind of kind of has a little bit of a Starfinder vibe in it. Is a, a game called Hard Space Shipbreaker. Um, and it is kind one. of it's it's a game about demolishing starships in a sort of space oh. yard uh, by yourself, and you have to like have a gravity gun, and you're sort of cutting things apart, and you have to make sure not to cut the fuel line because then it'll explode, and that brings your profits down. But overall, Hard Space Shipbreaker is a game about unions um, because you find out that you know, as you're running, you're, you start out like nine billion dollars in debt or something like that, and you, doing all these jobs is what what gets you out of debt but then you find out as you're going like it's like you don't have any kind of health insurance or if you die you're kind of cloned come you get cloned and they, they charge <laughs> you for the clone it's it's very much sort of again sort of an anti-capitalist kind of yeah, yeah, thing yeah. but uh, and, and then uh, it has a very union positive message um in it uh so that, I, I enjoyed that it's very so- it, in a way it's kind of calm and soothing you're just gonna get in there you have a cutter and a thing a gravity gun and you're throwing things in the fire and you gotta throw the right things into the fire and right things into the recycling bin and, and that kind of stuff um but it has good scale too because you're in you know you know in a spaceship and you figure out how to decompress it without damaging the stuff inside um because all that's good salvage um so salvaging game um i would say um after now there's been a while like no man's sky has kind mm-hmm. of a good space vibe to it. it it sort of started off pretty i think pretty um basic but now they, they've added a lot of stuff now creature but that's a game where you kind of like have a whole universe open to you and you can kind of go to any mm-hmm. planet mm-hmm. you fly around it is kind of a crafting survival-y kind of game right, uh, right. You, get to, you know you, you you go and you gather resources with a resource gun or whatever and then and then build a base and and then you can, you know, you got to build fuel for your spaceship to go to the next place and stuff like that. So um, I played that for a little bit. I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, but now, even now, so it's got more like factions and people to do quests for and stuff like that. So it gives more of a, mm-hmm. more of a kind of a role playing game, but more mostly just a crafting type game. Um, and um, yeah, I'm going to say those three. Those three are pretty good. Um, I, I mentioned Starfield earlier. I'm sure that's going to be feel yeah. like fun starfinder-esque or at least more that's probably going to be a little more grounded it's not going to have magic in it a lot of these though don't have like that combination of sci-fi and magic most of them are just sort of like right. sci-fi that's going to be so i think that's a good uh market maybe a good genre that doesn't really come up you get this there are a couple Shadowrun video games but those are mm-hmm. distinctly mm-hmm. Shadowrun games right I mean, right 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 Right, and you, there's something different between you know obviously Shadowrun. i guess you could talk a little bit about a star wars game is kind of starfinder right if you play mm-hmm 
um, like an old Knights of the Old Republic, speaking of MMOs, right. or some of the newer uh, like Star Wars Quadrants has the the dogfighting in space. Um, right. And I'm pretty excited. Actually, putting them out pretty soon is a new Jedi Survivor. Oh yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah. Um, I played the first one. Love that. Uh, that, but that is again though. That's gonna. That's those, those are all very Star Warsy, and so you're not gonna necessarily mm-hmm. get a Star Finder feel out of it. But it's you know they're they're tangentially related. Yeah, and I maybe Cyberpunk as well is something that uh, kind of yeah you have some of that. Oh in, yeah, yeah. I know. didn't I didn't play that too much. Yeah, or yeah. I think I just played a little bit of the demo, and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. this is cool. Yeah, just kind of some thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, neat. Well, um. Hopefully we get a Starfinder game someday, but I'm yeah. not hold hold my breath for that. Well don't don't hold your breath about it for sure. But you never know. Yeah, never know. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun again. Yep. I'm John. And I'm Jason, and this has been Digital Divination. <laughs>